Welcome to The Body Nerd Show. I'm your host, Alexandra Ellis, and after a decade in the fitness industry, I've finally cracked the code on how you can build sustainable strength without getting hurt. I'm a coach, writer, yogi, kettlebell devotee, lover of lifting heavy things, and 100% a body nerd. So stick with me, and I'll teach you how to make body maintenance and movement mastery a fundamental part of your wellness routine. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome back. You're listening to episode 130 of The Body Nerd Show. On today's show, I'm joined by my favorite physical therapist, Dr. Sarah Court, and we're talking about the best ways to manage your recovery post-surgery, questions you should be asking your surgeon, and how to get back to moving pain-free no matter how long it's been. Now, Sarah has been on the show a number of times. If you're new here, I'll give you the quick rundown. She is a very good friend and my hiking partner in crime, and she's also a brilliant physical therapist. She also has just gone through a major surgery and has been managing her own recovery with the help of her surgeon and some other physical therapists. So as I've been watching what she's posting on social media and the progress of her therapy and how it's going, I knew that I wanted to ask her exactly how this process goes because for so many of us, once we've had an injury or we've had a surgery and a doctor or surgeon tells us, don't do that movement, Sometimes we just never do that movement again. There's a lot we need to understand to have better conversations with our healthcare providers so that we can heal better, right? We can heal more efficiently. We can get back to pain-free and maybe even back to that activity that we wanted to do before. So I'm super, super grateful that Sarah took the time to sit down with me today. And even if you haven't had a massive surgery, maybe you know somebody who has, or maybe you've had an injury, or maybe you just want to know, how can I better advocate for myself and my health? And this conversation with Sarah will help you get to that place. So enjoy Dr. Sarah Court. All right, Sarah, I have the most important question for you right now, which is what is the last thing that you learned? Oh, uh, what a good question. (laughs) (laughs) There's no Um, wrong answers. My brain is stuck on this one thing that I learned that has to do with my own like health journey that I'm on right now that is actually way too graphic uh, to share. (laughs) So I have to let me let me cycle backwards and see if I can think about something else that I learned recently. Uh, my nephews are always telling me like interesting bits of information about various like animals and trees and things like that. So <laughs> it's probably something to do with like, did you know that this kind of bird can fly this high or something, but I can't think of what it is right now. <laughs> A hippopotamus has eight toes. Did you know? That's right. That's right. Stuff like that. Oh, okay. That's awesome. Well, today, what I wanted to talk to you about, and you have all of the reasons to be distracted, but is post-surgery recovery and physical therapy. Because one thing I have seen comes up a lot with people, whether it's in the comments, on social media, um, or even just, you know, like working with people is my doctor said I shouldn't do this. And then they just like never do that thing ever, 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 ever again. And so I had the opportunity to tag along with you one day um, to find out like, oh, when can we start moving? And it's been so cool to see what you're sharing on social media about how you are incorporating movement and recovery um, and also how quickly things are changing. So let's start there. 
what's going on. Tell us what we need to know. Please get our lives right. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you want me to talk about what's going on with me specifically right yeah. now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. so um, I have been diagnosed with a type of breast cancer, and so I recently had a bilateral, both sides, mastectomy. And the first three weeks after any surgery, typically you're, you're not doing any physical therapy. That's kind of like the baseline. So from day zero to day 21, you're not really supposed to be doing much of anything at all, except sort of resting and recovery. Um, you will, if you've had the kind of surgery where you've been in a hospital and had maybe like a, a lengthy hospital stay, you will have had a physical therapist visit you while you're in the hospital. And they will have given you some very basic things to do that are, are really at this point, mostly about like, just maintain circulation, like ankle pumps or like wrist circles or quad contractions, just very, very, very basic kind of stuff, just to kind of make sure that all the systems are, are working, but nothing, usually nothing specific to whatever surgery you've had. Like, so if you right. had some sort of like an ACL repair, they're not in there doing like you know, manual work on your knee or anything like that. They might have you do just very simple range of motion stuff. So, and that's where, that's the chunk of time where when people say, my doctor said, don't do blah, blah, blah. Like that's the period of time they're talking about, or it might be longer than that. So for me, for example, that first three weeks, I was very much told about things to do with my arms specifically. And so I was told you cannot raise your arms higher than 90 degrees so shoulder height. And I was also told not to carry anything heavier than five pounds. And so that was just for that period. Every surgery is going to be different. Every protocol is going to be different. But when there are limitations like that, when they're really, really specific like that, it's usually referring to the, the immediate post-op period, which mm -hmm. might be three weeks. It might be longer, depending. Yeah. Like I have other criteria, like I have to sleep on my back. And that's basically for a few months. Mm -hmm. So that's going to continue, but, but some, you know, it's, it's, it's for us, it's for a definitive, like beginning and ending time. Yeah. Usually not like for the rest of your life, never lift anything heavier than five pounds. Generally, generally. When you had your hip surgeries too, cause I remember when I first met you, you had your, uh, swagger stick, otherwise known as a cane that you're walking with. <laughs> was it similar for that surgery too, where you had like a three, like, what was that? Like, yeah, it was the, the same. So, like? so I had had some sort of basic PT in the hospital, but that's really more just like, can you get out of bed? Can you stand up right. and you walk? Like that's more about so that we can discharge you. Like if I had called a PT office and said, I want to make an appointment. And it was like week two, they would have said, wait a week and call us back. Or we're going to schedule you for like a couple weeks from now. Like you generally that first 21 days, you're just, it's just about like the tissue healing. So, and then after three weeks, I did start going into outpatient physical therapy for that. For this right now, I'm kind of doing my own PT because I am a physical therapist and I know what to do <laughs> and I understand how to progress it. Um, and that's what you were talking about that I'm posting those on, on social media. Um, if anyone's interested in looking at that, but the other part that's happening is I am having other physical therapists come and do massage and manual therapy on me because that's something mm -hmm. that I can't do on myself as effectively. Yeah. And that is definitely something that you want in that once you're permitted to do physical therapy period, because especially if you've done something like, like I did, where you're not moving a part of your body in its full range for an extended period of time, you're going to start to lose range of motion. And also you know, mine had to do with where certain scars are. 
So I have a scar in my armpit now from the surgery. And it meant that when I first was allowed to raise my arm again, I couldn't even get it to 90 degrees without like a lot of pulling. And, you know, and now it's like all the way up here. So it's gotten much, much better. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, there are going to be limitations that have now sort of set in that you don't want those to sort of cement and set like that. You know, you want that to be sort of like, well, that was temporary. And now we're, now we've got the doctor's permission to do more movement. Uh, let's see if we can start getting you back to as best as possible, depending on your scenario. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there's some situations where I was just talking about this this morning where like <clears throat> sometimes if they put up, you, you know, fused your wrist with a piece of metal, they're not expecting you suddenly to be able to go all the way back to 90 degrees of extension, right. but you're going to work on getting it as good as possible, you know, so things like that. Right. Um, I do think, I just wanted to say when people are like, well, my doctor said I shouldn't do da da da. If that's happened to you and if you have any uh, questions about it or just you don't totally understand what the protocol is, go ask your doctor, you know, or speak to their physician's assistant or talk to somebody in the office and be like, look, I'm not clear. Am I never supposed to lift anything heavier than five pounds? Or is this for a specific period of time? If it's for a specific period of time, how long? You know, some surgeries, crazily enough, after I had my hip replacement, my surgeon's office said that I didn't need physical therapy. And yeah. I was like, uh, I think I do. You have a bionic so, hip. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm like, I think I need to work on some stuff. Um, so They're like, no, our work is perfect. You are fine. You're welcome. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sure it looks good on an x-ray, but I, my concern is about moving. Oh so gosh. you can also like, it's no, it's no skin off their nose to write you a prescription for physical therapy. You know, it does nothing mm -hmm, to them. Mm -hmm. Your insurance will either approve it or they won't. Most likely they will if you've had some sort of major surgery. So if your doctor said, mm -hmm. you know, oh, you don't need PT, you also can say like, actually, I would like to get it and please write me a script for it so that I can, you know, go see a, a PT. So, mm -hmm. so that's just what I would recommend for people post-surgery. You know, if, if it's not clear how long you're supposed to have whatever limitations, find out. Because I've worked with those patients too. They've come in and they're like three months post hip replacement. And they're like, oh no, I'm not supposed to bend my leg that much. I'm like, no, you, you should be able to by now. And in fact, you should have been doing it this whole time. So find out what the timing yeah. is on that. And if they haven't given you a prescription or they're, they're not suggesting that you need it, ask for one. Yeah. I think that advocating for yourself is so super important. Um, you know, my dad has been in and out of the hospital for like the last almost six months now with the same surgeon. And the different things I learn every time I ask the same question, but slightly different, I'm like, oh my gosh. And so, and I've even, you know, had conversations with clients who are like, well, you know, I'm in physical therapy right now and they're telling me to do this one thing. It's not making sense. I'm like, go back and ask, ask for clarification. Yeah. Like, you know, I think sometimes we think, well, they're a healthcare provider and, you know, insurance is paying them. And like, I don't want to question their authority, but if you don't understand exactly what's going on, like that's not going to help you. So right. you heard it from Sarah, you're hearing it from me, like go ask questions, be that person who asks, well, why um, can I do this? How long, like get that level of detail because oftentimes they're just not thinking about it because yeah. they're like, you know, 16 years down the line from where you are, in, you know, in your understanding of what's going on. Or they're thinking about you and 10 other people at the same time, you know? Right. So, so <laughs> yeah. there's also, <laughs> you know, they have multiple patients. So, you know, I've had this happen right. to me where it's unclear to me if I, I don't remember if I've told somebody something or not, because I've seen you and I've seen also someone very, very similar to you one week ago. And like, who did I say what to? So definitely advocate for mm -hmm. yourself 
get clarification. And most doctors at this point, a lot of the, the, those kinds of questions that, cause I'm asking them as well. I'm like, can I please start doing scar massage, you know? And they're like, no, but <laughs> I'm asking the nurse practitioner. So a lot of the time your surgeon will have someone else to kind of field those questions. So if you have hesitation around like, oh, well, I mean, they're probably in surgery for the next five days. I'm never going to get an answer. There should be someone in their office who can, who can help you with sort of a, a basic question like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do want to go yeah. back just because I mentioned it. Scar yeah. massage is really important and you can do that on yes. yourself. Again, get, find out when, because that first 21 days, you really probably shouldn't because everything's still healing. But once it has healed, a big part of the range that I'm getting back in my left shoulder is because I go in and it doesn't, you know, there's all kinds of different like fancy um, oils and, and whatever that you can use. And, and it's up to you what you want. I sort of go with a super old school route, which is I take a bottle of vitamin E uh, capsules, pills, and I, mm-hmm. the ones that have the liquid inside and I pierce it with a needle and then I squeeze it and Mm -hmm. I get the vitamin E oil because it's like, if it's, if it's quality enough that I could eat it, then it's good quality for me to use on my body. Right. Um, and so that's what I do. And then I just like kind of sit around and rub the scar and it's visibly different and my movement has changed. So, so there's cosmetic reasons as well. Uh, that's such a huge thing too about scar tissue because, um, you know, I'm thinking of a person I spoke to this week who had had a C-section and I was like, did you do any physical therapy after? And the answer was no, which is major abdominal surgery. So I think, you know, anytime you have something cut out of, or someone cuts into your body, like these are things to be thinking about for sure. But in the case of scar tissue specifically, I know we're talking like, you know, 21 days, give it that time. But what if it's been like, five years, is it too late or is there something you can do with the scar? Like most busy active people, I don't have time to waste during my workout. I need my workouts to be efficient, effective, and to the point. So if your performance feels like it's been dragging and your energy is nowhere to be seen, I've got just the thing to help. Perform from the Amino Company is an amino acid-based formula that's three times more effective on a gram-by-gram basis than any other protein source. And it'll improve peak strength and endurance levels during your workout. It helps me complete my workouts without feeling exhausted and with more energy and better focus. Perform is designed for endurance, focus, and strength. And it's based on actual science. I kid you not, the research on amino acids and performance enhancements is well-documented with hundreds of studies demonstrating how well they work. Just one scoop of Perform about 30 minutes before your workout will help boost athletic performance, increase peak physical strength and endurance, and improve focus and concentration. And right now, you'll save 30% off when you use the code BODYNERD at checkout. Just head on over to aewellness.com slash amino. You'll see all the research studies plus save that 30%. Again, the code is BODYNERD and head on over to aewellness.com slash amino, A-M-I-N-O. All right, back to the show. No, one of the things that they sort of found out, which is great, is it's never too late. You're not going to, um, the nice thing about doing it early is that you get a really kind of quick response. I mean, relatively quick. I've been doing it now for three weeks pretty consistently. And like somewhere around like the last week, I started to notice like, oh, it's smoother. It's flatter. It's part of it's still lumpy, but part of it's not, you know, you can still mm-hmm. affect change to the tissue by doing scar massage at any point. So it's, it's never too late. It may not change a ton, but it might get you a little bit more range or a little bit more 
mobility or able to access the muscles better or something like that. Yeah. And the way to, to think of like how scar tissue affects your body is as if, um, I mean, like even, you know, on the t- shirt you're wearing, if you like tie a knot in it and then you try to move, like it pulls the whole fabric and that's what's happening in your body as well. So it's not yeah. just the cosmetic of the surgery, but like you're right. saying too, with your shoulder, it's like, there's this pull, you're unable to move. Um, so if you have scars, on your body that are, you know, reachable by you, like play with them, touch them, get them moving to help that tissue be more tissue like. Yeah. A lot of the time, what we don't remember is that it's not just something that happened on the surface that that is a mark of a cut that has gone all the way down to whatever structure they're trying to reach. So, so that it's a 3d piece of tissue. It's not just like this sort of 2d flat thing. And, and it's almost like if you you know, to your point about the holding the knot in your shirt, but almost like if you just put a barrier between like one side of a muscle and the other side of the muscle, and then you're like, okay, go ahead and work. And the muscle's like, I I can't uh, get through this. Right. So getting those fibers Mm -hmm. to kind of line up so that then the muscle works in one piece more effectively. Before I started working on it, I could feel the pull from the scar in my armpit all the way down to my elbow. Like it was just taut. Mm -hmm. You know, and so it is really important to, to get in there and, and push them around if you can. And there's no magic technique either. There's no special like, you know, oh, do, like I literally just go to town multiple directions, just kind of shove on it. <laughs> that's, that's good to know, though, because I do think sometimes people get caught up on like, oh, well, I don't know the proper way to use it or do it. I mean, like literally take a finger, take a thumb, stuff it where you need to and get to yes. work. <laughs> What about, I mean, this idea too of like, where is good enough, right? At what point are you going to feel comfortable being like, oh, I don't need to do this specific scar tissue massage, or I don't need to do this exercise that I've been doing? Like, how do you know when you've reached that point? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, uh, one of the things, so is sort of coming up for me is like, I've done about three weeks, pretty consistent work at the moment. And I have, I would say 90% of my range and most of my strength back. For me, that's not good enough. So I'm going to keep going because I know that I can do better than this. I mean, at least I hope I can. I'm pretty sure I can. The rate that it's been getting better, I'm pretty convinced that I can do better. <laughs> um, but <laughs> there, again, there, will, there may be, depending on what kind of surgery you've had, certain limitations that are just sort of built into it where it's like, okay, well, we're not expecting it to look identical to the other side anymore because there's this piece of metal now, or there's, you know, we've, we've purposely tightened the tissue because we don't want to have. So a lot of that is going to be a conversation between you and your doctor and your PT, just sort of figuring out like, what are appropriate expectations? If there's not an actual physical limitation, as far as how much you should be doing, then, you know, and this also sort of ties into one of the things that people ask me a lot, which is like, how do you stay motivated to keep doing your PT homework? Mm. You know, because Mm. it'd be very easy right now for me to be like, you know what? It's fine enough. I can reach into the backseat of the car. I can reach up for a shelf. You know, I'll just ignore this one sort of chunk of range. that's still not quite great, but it sort of ties into assuming you can get everything back that you want. What do you want to achieve? You know, so if you're a tennis Mm -hmm. player, And you're like, I need to be able to get all the way overhead and hit a ball. And if that's not quite doable yet, then you need to keep going with your PT. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I feel like a lot of times, and I just, I wonder too, you know, people say, oh, well, like, you know, I don't have pain now, but when I go back to doing that thing I wanted to do, the pain comes back. And I wonder how much of that is also not having had that conversation with your physical therapist and just saying like, hey, my goal is to get back to tennis. My goal is to get back to running. Like, how can we get there? Because I do think that there's, you know, for sure, like lack of communication. But I guess my question for you too also is, is that like beyond the scope of PT? Because I don't feel like it is, but what are your, what's your take on that? As far as being able to say like, okay, we're going to get you back to X, Y, Z sport. Yeah. Getting back like from a place of I'm pain-free at rest, but I want to be pain-free into whatever activity or sport I want to do. Yeah. That's absolutely within the, the scope of what we do. And, and especially most good PTs will ask when they first meet you and they're doing all their kind of intake is there something that you are doing that you want to get back to? Because we can um, create then a PT program that is down the line. I mean, initially post-surgery, you're just looking for basic range and movement and strength coming back. You know, it's not, it's not specific, but then as you are getting better, then they can start to kind of craft the, the physical therapy to then mimic what it is that you're trying to get back to and actually train you so that you can return to that sport, assuming that that is sort of like what the doctor has said is possible. Um, you know, and sometimes mm-hmm. it, it, it's tough because there's, there's times when I've, I've had surgeons or doctors be like, oh, well, this person is not going to be able to do this thing. And I'm in my head, I'm like, well, let's see. And we just kind of like, I'm just going to work on it anyway <laughs> and see. And sometimes they, you know, far surpass what the doctor has seen previously. And so then what that doctor expects the person to be able to do. So, you know, it's sort of like, I, 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 and this is just me personally, I hate to, I don't want to overpromise, um, and then under deliver, you know? So if the person's like, I want to get back to running and, I can just sort of, from what I know about them or what their history is, be like, I don't think that's going to happen. I'm not going to sort of be like, oh yeah, totally. And the, but in the back of my head, I'm like, that's not ever, they're never going to. So I, tr- I sort of like, <laughs> I, I like to kind of under promise and over deliver. That's, that's more my, my MO. So, um, but yeah, assuming that there's no specific <laughs> reason why you might not be able to return to something working towards that is absolutely something you can do in PT. And a lot of the time that's going to give you the motivation to keep going and keep doing the thing that you're doing the homework and going to your PT and all of that. Mm -hmm. That's so true. I think having a goal with anything, whether it's, you know, physical therapy, post-surgery, post-injury, or just like your workouts just in life, when you have something to work towards, it just gets you out of that almost like groundhog day of just like going through the motions. Cause you have something to look forward to. It makes a big difference. Yeah. And as far as just maintaining that motivation sort of on the day-to-day basis, cause I was thinking about that specifically because yesterday I had a kind of a sort of a learn some new stuff. And then whenever you have that, it's kind of tough. So I did not do any of my PT yesterday. Yeah. I did nothing. I did, I did nothing. And I was like, you know, this is also part of it. Like you also have to give yourself permission to have like a day where maybe it just doesn't happen that day, but I'm going to do it today and I'm going to do it tomorrow, you know? And so it's more about like just maintaining Mm -hmm. consistency overall, as opposed to like, Oh, if you had one day when you missed it, just being like, Whoa, well, I guess that's over. Cause I screwed up and I'm never going to get better. You know what I mean? Like 
just, just allowing for those moments Mm -hmm. where, where yes, maybe you're not doing your PT perfectly anymore, but fine. But then the next day you come back to it and having the big motivator, like the thing you Mm -hmm. want to get back to, but also sometimes you need, like, I'll just bribe myself. Like, I'll be like, if you do this now, you can go eat that piece of chocolate. So it just, even sometimes it needs to be really sort of small and specific. Uh, and that day in that moment, just to kind of push you into the thing. And then the third thing that I would, I put up a four, but actually I mean three, then the third thing that I would say is sometimes just starting it will motivate you to finish. Like if you have a list of exercises to do and you're like, Oh, I don't feel like doing all of these. Then sometimes I'll be in my head. i like, just do the first one, you do the first one. And then sometimes you've done the first one, you're getting a little bit of an endorphin and you're like, Oh, maybe I'll, I'll do the second one. And then by the time you know it, you've done all of them. So sometimes it's even just like playing tricks on yourself a little bit and be like, I'm just going to do the first one. I'm not even going to try. I'm not going to do the whole list. I'm just going to do the first one. And then just sort of seeing what happens. So those are my sort of tricks. Like think about the long-term mm-hmm. goal. If that's not motivating you, give yourself a short-term goal or like gift, like little piece of a treat or something. Um, and then, or just, <laughs> just, it, just kid yourself, just kind of trick yourself into thinking like, I'm just going to do one. And then half the time you'll do the rest of it as well. Yeah. And those are all fantastic tips about habit building and ones that I use too with my clients and just, you know, getting into the habit and the rhythm of like doing your body maintenance daily. So it's good to know that it, it works for all applications. (laughs) Um, so one last question I have, how do you know for like in your experience with your body right now, like how will you know when you're done with an exercise and you're ready to like graduate onto the next one? That's a great question personally no because either it's gotten too easy if it's sort of like a an effort strength kind of a thing um or it no longer feels like it's creating any sort of stretch or any kind of range of motion change um like for example i am doing some exercises where i lie down on the foam roller and i bring my arms out to the side like kind of a chest stretch lying on my back And the first time I did that, it was like, whoa, and I could really kind of only tolerate it for like 10 seconds and then I'd have to stop and then I could like do a little bit more. And now I can just like reach my hands out and they hit the floor and it feels like nothing. So now I know, okay, that's no longer Mm. pushing up against any sort of physical boundary in my body. I've, I've gotten past that. So now it's time, okay, how do we make this harder, right? How do we, how do we progress this? And you're, you, if you're working with a PT, they'll be able to you know, see you do the exercises and they'll be able to tell like, or, or they'll ask you, does this feel too easy? You know, cause a lot of time it looks too easy when it feels too easy. <laughs> and so they'll, mm-hmm. their job is to then, that's why you keep going. Cause their job is to help you progress and be like, okay, well now instead of that, you're going to do it this way, or now we're going to add some weight to it, or now we're going to make it dynamic. We're going to make you move faster, or now we're going to integrate it into the rest of your body. And I'm going to have you pick something up from the floor and reach it all the way over here or, or whatever, you know? So there's all these ways to keep progressing. So that's how you, the way you, but when you're doing it yourself, if you're like, well, I don't know if this is too easy or, um, you know, if it's time for me to progress, usually it's like, like when I first started, I was just doing like circles with my arms, like just big kind of windmill circles. And my shoulders would get tired from that, like tired, Mm -hmm. like picking up a weight tired because I hadn't done anything for three weeks. So while that was still strength exhausting, I was like, okay, well, it's a bit early now to like load the strength component of it. I'm going to wait until it's no longer exhausting to me (laughs) to just bring my arms around in a circle. Mm -hmm. And then I'll know 
it's time to progress this with actual like external load. But for them at the beginning, just the weight of my own arm was tiring to my shoulder, right? So if you're feeling, you know, physical Mm -hmm. fatigue from it, that's a good sign that it's still hard enough. Or if it, if it still feels like it's creating a stretch and if you lose both of those things or both of those things diminish, um, then it's time to progress. That's how you, that's how you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's fantastic. I mean, so again, like at the end of this, right, we know how to have conversations with our healthcare providers and like ask those difficult questions, how to stick with our habits, um, but also how to like keep pushing um, your own envelope in a healing capacity. Is there anything else to be thinking about like in post-surgery, post-injury, just this like body maintenance mindset? Yeah. The other thing is separate from whatever part of your body had the surgery on it. If you had like an orthopedic surgery, which is what most people are having you want to think about the fact that your whole body, your whole system went through this experience. So if you were under anesthesia, your whole system was under anesthesia. And, you know, yes, you're healing, the tissues are healing in that area, but it's drawing from resources in your whole body to do that. So, uh, and this was a, you know, I mean, you'd think I'd know this at this point, having had multiple surgeries, but I recently with this had to be like, okay, just stop trying to like be superhuman 10 days after surgery. What is wrong with you? Mm -hmm. So, you know, it is important to (laughs) gradually when you feel ready for it, start to, you know, improve your, your general endurance strength, things like that, but also to be very mindful of the amount of energy that is being kind of sucked into the healing process and then not to overstretch yourself or overtax yourself in doing other things and recognizing that like, you know, getting on the computer and doing some work is an energy suck for your body. So Mm -hmm. you should maybe limit that. Or like, if you're going to take a walk, take a short walk, see how it is. Like, you know, so, so you do want to give your body in that first kind of two to three week period time to really, really rest Um, but once you do feel like, and you can tell, like I could, I was able to tell when I felt like I was getting more energy, I felt like I was getting better. Um, when you have more tolerance to things, you know, I, I have been taking walks around my neighborhood and it would be like, Oh, actually, I feel like I can do one more lap today. Whereas two days ago, I didn't feel like I could, you know, so you'll start to sort Mm -hmm. of feel, but really just paying attention to how your whole self feels and respecting that. Uh, and, and if you're like, you know, I had plans to go have lunch with this person, but I'm, I woke up exhausted. Then you're just like, I woke up exhausted and you cancel, you know, like that's hard for me to do. Honestly, I, <laughs> I'm not good at, at I'm, I'm the kind of person I'm used to pushing myself. So it's, it's mm-hmm. to like purposely not push myself is not my forte. Um, but I've sort of had to learn to respect what my body is telling me. And if your body is telling you, it is time to take a nap in the next 10 minutes, then you have to get off the phone and be like, I'm literally going to pass out, you know? <laughs> like, nap so time coming, say, goodbye. Yes, I'm about to, bull. I'm not even going to say good, goodbye. I'm just going to start sleeping on the phone with you. But really kind of just in that initial period, just recognizing that like, in just like the brain fog that you get after anesthesia, mm-hmm. you know, is it's, it's a real thing. And it takes a while for it to clear. Like it was several weeks before I felt like my brain was working the way that it normally does. You know, mm-hmm. I had concentration issues. I had energy issues. I had like, if there were too many 
things happening in the room, I couldn't focus, you know, it's just a lot of, a lot of things. So, so just recognizing that your whole system has been impacted by whatever surgery you had and paying attention and yes, working on strength and health. And it's frustrating if you are a healthy person generally to be like, wow, I walked around the block and now I need to take a nap. Like that's, that's doesn't feel great, but it changes, it gets better. And just kind of like not trying to you can actually slow down the healing process if you overdo it too early. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. so respecting that and paying attention to that. Yeah. And just really learning to listen to your body and respect that. I think that is a huge thing. That's, I mean, for anyone on the journey of um, just being more, more human, you know? Well, thank you for taking the time to hang out with us today. I really, really appreciate it. And I know this conversation is going to help lots of people on their journeys, um, whether post-surgery is more recent or has been many a year ago, because yeah, there it's never, your body is constantly changing, constantly adapting, and it's never too late to do something or anything. Where can people come hang out with you on the internet and stalk you like I do? (laughs) (laughs) Most consistently is Instagram. Uh, I'm at Sarah Court DPT. Uh, that's where I show up the most. And my website is sarahcourtdpt.com. That shows sort of what I'm doing, which is not a ton right now because I'm in the middle of this medical situation. But I am on, I am still on Instagram. So you can come hang out with me there. Okay. Awesome. Thanks again. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed my conversation today with Sarah as much as I did having it with her. We have such great conversation when we are hiking up these massive trails here in Southern California. There's one that we like to do that's literally straight uphill for like a mile of death. It's awful. Uh, But the conversation is always good. So I'm grateful that she allowed me to bring her here to share some of those conversations with you. And if you've reached a point where you're kind of like ready to graduate from physical therapy, but you're not quite sure what that next best step is, uh, you might want to consider checking out my Mobility Mastery Toolkit. So the toolkit has four weeks of exercises for your lower back, for your shoulders, for your hips, for your feet, uh, pretty much everything from head to toe. And it's going to help you uncover your tension and start to build strength safely so that you can get stronger and more flexible without worrying about getting hurt. The best part is it's just $27 and you'll have your next month of body maintenance just done for you. You can check it out right now by heading on over to mobilitytoolkit.co. What was your biggest takeaway from today's conversation? We definitely want to hear from you. So take a screenshot and tag us I'm at Hala Formala. Sarah is at Sarah Court DPT. And let us know what was helpful. Maybe there was something that you learned. Maybe you had a light bulb moment, or maybe you just needed to hear what she had to share today. We love hearing from you, so please do reach out. You can also leave a voicemail on the Body Nerd Hotline. That number is 818-396-6501. And before I go, don't forget that show notes, fun links, free downloads, and the Body Nerds Facebook group all live over at aewellness.com slash podcast. And you know the drill I ask you every week, and I'm so grateful for those of you who take the time to do it. Don't forget to subscribe, to review, to rate, to share, to do all of those things on your podcast platform of choice. So here's asking better questions, moving more, having better conversations with our healthcare providers, and getting nerdy. And thank you for helping me spread the word that your body is super cool and that you, my friend, can change the unchangeable. 
I'll talk to you next week. Pain stops you in your tracks and body work is one of the fastest and most effective ways to deal with it. I've put together a free PDF with the six places you need to roll right now for quick relief. Plus, the reason why what you've tried so far has only given you a temporary fix. So whether it's back pain, plantar fasciitis, neck tension, shoulder pain, or tight hips, I've got you covered. And when you download it now, I'll also send you some video demos to get you started even faster. Head on over to aewellness.com slash bodywork, that's B-O-D-Y-W-O-R-K, to get started today.